Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome to the Elite Achievement Community. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach, here to demystify the goal achievement process. If you are ambitious and visionary, then let's get to work so you can maximize your potential. Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome back to Elite Achievement. We are celebrating Elite Achievement's one-year anniversary this month. And with 30 episodes in, I've realized I've shared glimpses of who I am outside of business, but have dedicated most episodes and interviews to growing a business, excelling in business, or achieving your business goals. Talking about business is easier for me. There are elements that are predictable. Schedules are welcomed, results are celebrated, and expectations are common. Relationships can be far less predictable and often emotional. Having a thriving mother-daughter relationship is extremely important to me. I set family goals in addition to my business goals. So for today's episode, We are going to dedicate the conversation to excelling in those relationship goals. We are getting personal and talking about being a mom. And there is no one I would rather have this conversation with than my sister. My sister, Amy Holscher, is my younger sister. And she is the mother that I look up to. From my perspective, she crushes it. As a mom, Amy is married to her high school sweetheart, Matt. They've been married for seven years and they've been together for 14 years. They have two boys, Otto, who is three and a half, and Owen, who is eight months old. They also have a fur baby, Bailey. Amy works in the franchise industry for a health and wellness company, Massage Lux. She has worked for this brand over a decade. So it's clear that Amy is committed to her relationships and also to her work. Welcome, Amy. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, sis. I'm so happy to be here. A little nervous, but so excited and so honored for you to invite me on today. Well, I am thrilled you said yes to this opportunity. And it is totally normal to be nervous. I am still nervous, even 30 episodes in, showing up on this microphone and talking and introducing my guests. But I'm confident once we get chatting, it's going to just be like you and me hanging out in our closets, having a conversation. (laughs) So let's start with something that's going to be a little bit of fun. I'm pretty sure some of our listeners are wondering, what is Kristen really like outside of a coaching call, outside of a podcast, outside of her business settings. So sis, what was it like growing up with me as your big sister? Well, where do I begin? First of all, (laughs) you're my big sister. So I think your job was to pick on me or make fun of me or, you know, saying you belong in a zoo on your first birthday when the parents were recording it. You know, it was your job. That's what you were there to do. Now, bypass hitting me with a hairbrush every now and then or picking on me or me stealing your clothes and putting stains on them. You were my best friend and you always have been and you always will be. And 
I could always just count on Kristen for anything, whether it's I needed a little pick me up or I needed someone to teach me how to do something or I needed a new shirt to wear. Heck, I could just raid Kristen's closet and it was there. So when she moved out, I was quite sad because I had an extra wardrobe that just disappeared. But no, realistically, she is so trustworthy. Like I said, she's my best friend. You can always count on Kristen to just be there, whether she would answer her phone or she responds to a text message or she would call my mom because I put something on my MySpace page about Fergie and quoted a song. (laughs) I do not remember that. Yes, you called me out because I put something from Fergalicious or something on my MySpace page. (laughs) But you were doing your job as a big sister. You were there to protect me, take care of me. And ultimately, that's what you were doing. You called me out by calling mom, but you were protecting me in the long run. So... I thank you for that. And like I said, you're my big sister. I can always count on you. I'm glad that there were moments of joy (laughs) (laughs) as me as your big sis. But it was difficult, I remember, growing up because we were so many years apart. I mean, Mm -hmm. we are almost eight full years apart in age. But now that we've grown up and we're both married and we're both focused on growing professionally and personally and we're both mamas, we have so much more in common and I'm very grateful to have you as my sister. And I'm also really grateful to look up to you as a mom. So I'm curious, sis, did you know you always wanted to be a mom? Such a hard question. Yes. The answer is absolutely yes. And it's kind of funny that you asked me that because I saw this quote today on Instagram. And it says, just because the past didn't turn out like you wanted it to, doesn't mean your future can't be better than you ever imagined. So this, as you know, our parents divorced when I was three. We had mom's house, we had dad's house. I personally didn't see that family life together because our parents were divorced. Mom and dad went their separate ways. They were trying to figure out life and navigate things without each other by their sides. Dad started working a ton. He became an engineer on the railroad, worked tons of crazy hours. We saw him maybe every other weekend, but he was really focused on his career at that time. Mom went a different direction as she was trying to deal with her emotions and deal with the new normal as being a single parent and raising Kristen and I by herself with dad there on every other weekend. Mom turned to alcohol to navigate through these times. She met our ex-stepdad and she got remarried. And during that time, it was just lots of rockiness and wasn't a good household for Kristen and I to be in. Mom got out of it, but still relied on the alcohol as her comfort. She needed that comfort and that that alcohol was giving her comfort. Mom was there. She was always there, but she wasn't there really mentally because she was drinking. And we lived through lots of hardships and lots of arguments. As you talk about going through all of this at three, I was a bit older when our parents divorced and I had a different experience with mom when I was younger and she was my best buddy. I remember 
we did all kinds of things together and we would go shopping and we would spend time playing games. And I remember a very different childhood, but then it really changed for me as I got older. And I remember in high school, I would come home at night after being out with my friends when I could start driving and I would pull my car in front of the house and say like a little prayer to myself that when I stuck the key in the door, there would be no music playing, there would be no candles going because I knew if that was happening that I wasn't going to be coming home to my mom. It was going to be a completely different situation. I learned through that that I needed to have a lot of armor. I learned confrontation was bad. I learned getting vulnerable often led to getting hurt. And so I've had to do a ton of work. I continue to have to do a ton of work. And for me, I wasn't as confident around, do I want to be a mom? I think I knew I wanted to be a mom. I wrote my graduate thesis on women and work-life balance, but it wasn't as clear and confident as a yes for me. So as you think about being a mom, what's your definition of a good mom? Again, another hard question. Everyone has a different belief of what is a good mom. And every mom is allowed to have that. You know, that's, I think, the thing about being a mom. And no one has made a book that says, this is how you should be. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. And if they have, I probably have heard about it through the grapevine. But my definition of being a good mom is someone who is always there for your child. Someone who always puts their child first. Now, not saying that My relationship with my husband doesn't come first or my relationship with myself doesn't come first. But my job as a mom is to be there for my kids 24-7, get them a snack for the 500th time in a day, maybe wipe a booty every now and then, change a diaper, nursing, feeding, you know, whatever it may be, my children are my number one priority from, let's just say, eight to seven, whenever they go down. Are they at the sitter? Are they taken care of? My job is to always put them first. So knowing that they're taken care of, knowing that they're in good hands, knowing that they're getting somewhat good nutrition, even if it is from goldfish or fruit snacks or whatever it may be, they're fed. That's what matters in their lives. Really, it's putting my children personally, it's putting them ahead, being their support, being their motivator, being their biggest cheerleader in life and pushing them out of their comfort zone and challenging them every day. I know that's kind of a long drawn out version of what I think is a good mom. Most days I question myself, but I think it's ultimately my children come first. And that's where I am confident that I know I am a good mother and I'm there for them whenever they need me. You mentioned you define being a good mom as always being there and putting your children first. And you also talked about self-care and your husband. How do you manage all the different (laughs) priorities on a daily basis? (laughs) I struggle on a daily basis. My time with my husband is when the kids go to bed. So my husband works till a little bit later at night. So I pick the kids up from the sitter. I make dinner. I do bath, bedtime, the routine, yada, yada, yada. And then I maybe get 30 minutes to an hour to myself. And that's when I typically ride my Peloton or 
play on Instagram or just sit down on my bed and just breathe for five minutes. But you know, my husband is my support system and we are raising these boys together and communication is key. If we're not communicating with each other, how are we supposed to know what's going on in the world with our boys? So when he gets home, we just talk, we communicate, we talk, we spend time with each other. Now, do we go out on date nights as much as we should? No, probably not. We give each other a kiss in front of our kids so that they see that mom and dad love each other. Or, you know, we say, I love you to each other. Or we hold hands in public so our boys are experiencing that and they can see that. Matt is teaching them, you should always compliment mommy. Tell her how pretty she looks. I think I answered your question. (laughs) What I think is important is your parenting and growing your family the way that you feel is right for you and your husband. And that's something that I think so many of us struggle with because comparison is real. And especially as you talked about sometimes scrolling social media, I have to catch myself and remember to not compare the way I'm showing up as a mom or I'm showing up in business the way someone else is. Do you compare yourself to other moms? And how do you handle those emotions that come along with comparison? Absolutely. In today's day and age, it's hard not to compare. Social media is dangerous for that. When I had Otto three and a half years ago, or even when I was pregnant with him, people just come at you with advice and they just come and throw it all at you. And you're like, holy cow, is this really how it's going to be? And after I had Otto, I really realized I had to figure things out on my own. And I could go to the internet to look for advice, but that's what it was there for. And just strictly advice. I needed to figure out what worked for me. And Matt and I needed to figure out what worked for us together without, you know, oh, well, what's this couple doing with their family? Comparison is huge. It's huge with everything. Even with the bags that you carry, the car that you drive, everything. But if you're happy at the end of the day, that's what matters. And if your family is happy, that's what matters. If you guys have smiles on your faces and you guys are making it work, that's what matters. Basically, when I go to the internet, I take it as advice, as a grain of salt. I take it as a learning experience and how can I do better? Maybe I could be doing this better or, oh, this mom does this when her kids are bad. But again, every kid is different. So you have to figure out your kid and what works for them and your family and what works for you. So I can't say that I don't compare myself all the time because I definitely do. But when I start comparing myself, maybe I just lay off of that person's social media page for a while because it's not healthy for me to sit there and wonder what if, or, you know, I wish I had this, or I wish I had that because I have a lot to be grateful for. And when I compare, I stop losing focus on being what I'm thankful for and start wishing I had things different, which I think is, it kind of stops me and kind of gives me a reality check, I guess you could say. I notice when I go into comparison mode, I'm not present. I'm spending too much time ruminating in the past or projecting forward and creating anxiety about the future. And one of the strategies that has helped me compare less 
is taking a day or two off from social media each week. And I use social media for business. I think it's a great way to connect and build a brand. And of course, here I go talking about business. But the comparison is real. I love how you have that perspective of shifting back to gratitude and thinking of what you are grateful for versus going down that comparison road, which usually doesn't make you feeling good. So talk to us about challenging days. As a mama with two littles, and you are working outside of the home, you have a professional job as well. Talk to us about how you handle the challenging days. I try to remove myself from the situation. If I'm feeling frustrated and overwhelmed, that vibe is pushing back on my kids. Even though I'm upset or I'm having a bad day and they were having a great day, my mood is reflecting off of them. Just like you go anywhere in the world, you have a server who has had a bad day at a restaurant and you can totally sense that vibe and you're like, whoa, what happened to her? But when I get home and I have a bad day or the days are challenging and I'm frustrated with my kids and I've said no five times already and you're going to ask me the same question again, I take a deep breath. Sometimes I lock myself in the closet even just to remove myself from the situation. But I really have found that working out helps relieve some stress. Talking about it, my son Otto is definitely more emotions driven and he will talk about his emotions and say when things hurt his feelings. Then of course, then I get upset because I hurt his feelings. But I try to remove myself from the situation before I get too frustrated. Because if not, what's that doing for them? Now, granted, I think kids should see different emotions and should see you feeling, you know, upset, vulnerable, frustrated, confident, whatever it may be, it's good for them to see and to hear why you're feeling that way. But not every kid works that way. That works for Otto, our three and a half year old. But I try to remove myself from the situation before I get too frustrated because ultimately pushing off my frustration to them isn't going to help the situation. And I know when I get frustrated, sometimes I will yell. Uh, <laughs> I then create a lot of mom guilt for myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you ever feel mom guilt? And what are some of those triggers for you that bring on mom guilt? I feel mom guilt every day, whether it may be in the morning when I go to work or after I put them to bed at night where I'm like, man, I miss them. Or even looking at pictures or staring at the monitor. My husband's like, they're fine. You know, but I just have that guilt of, did I spend enough time with them during the day? Did I teach them anything? Did I help them in a situation? Was I the best mom that I could possibly be today? I think mom guilt is huge. And again, I feel it every day, sometimes maybe just for a small second. Maybe sometimes I feel a little bit longer, but I feel the guilt is a good thing because it's showing you that you are a good mom because you care. And having that guilt just reminds you of how important your children are to you and how thankful I am to have two beautiful kids, healthy kids as well. So, you know, definitely I feel mom guilt more times than I would like to admit. But I think that that's normal. And it reminds me that I am a good mom because of it. 
It is an opportunity to check in with yourself and ask, why am I feeling guilty? And how do I want to move forward from here? As I mentioned, a lot of my mom guilt gets triggered if I get frustrated and I yell at Scarlett. And that gives me the opportunity to pause and think, wait a minute, I have a right to feel frustration, but I need to work on how I communicate and how that comes out. And so it's being communicated in a way that she can receive it versus being communicated in a way that intensifies a situation or creates arguments. So it could be an opportunity to pause and ask yourself, what is triggering this and how do I want to move forward or how do I want to show up differently because of this guilt that I'm feeling? Absolutely. And I think that that's another good reason on why you're a good mom is because you're teaching them something, you know, use that situation to teach them because children are sponges. They absorb so much and they love learning. So if they can take something from that situation and keep it with them for the rest of their life, it's great. You mentioned sometimes you feel guilt in the morning. And I'm hoping you can talk more about returning back to work after maternity leave. I know you've done this now twice. I have several clients who've just had their first baby and they're coming back to the office or they're getting ready to come back to the office. What recommendations do you have for adjusting to your new normal as a working mom? Sure. Well, first of all, congrats to them because new babies are one of the greatest things in life. And work and being a mom is one of the hardest things. And personally, work makes me a better mom because I can value the time that I have with my children. I know that I am with them at this time of day and I don't have anything else to worry about. The weekend, we spend doing fun stuff instead of trying to relax or recover from the week because I've been dealing with them all week long. But my biggest advice is routine. Children thrive off of routine and, you know, talk to them, communicate with the kids. And obviously it's a little bit easier when the kid gets older and they start to understand things. But that first day back was hard. That first week back was hard. For me, I was nursing. So I had a pump at work. I had to figure out my pumping schedule. And then I had to figure out how to bring the milk home and how I was going to pick them up from daycare. And whether it's setting the clothes out the night before and, you know, what time you're going to wake up in the morning and what time you need to be out the door. Routine is key for me, especially even at the end of the night where, okay, we come home, I unpack my lunchbox and unpack my milk and then I get dinner ready and then we play and then it's bath time and then bedtime and books. But my kids kind of get into that routine. So they thrive off of that and they know what's coming next. So that's my biggest advice is routine and stay strong and know that it does get easier. The second time with Owen going back to work, it was so much easier because I knew what to expect when going back to work. And I had childcare where I trusted the lady to watch our children because she had watched Otto since he was five months old. So I had trust that Owen was going to be taken care of the way that I would take care of him, you know, and obviously no one is like mom, no one is going to do things the way that mom does. But someone who is equivalent or who could take care of my child 
just like I would. I'm hearing you say routine is really helpful. Having childcare can be really helpful. But I'm also hearing you say that your days are long, waking up in the morning and that you go and you put the full day into work and then you come home and there's after hours work. Are you ever exhausted? All the time. All the time. If the kids go to grandma and grandpa's or something, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I don't have someone asking me for something. But it's something that I know it's a stage in my life. And I know it's a stage that I'm going to miss. And they say the days are long, but the years are short. And that is so accurate because I swear I blinked and Otto was just a newborn. And now he's starting preschool in a few weeks. And he can get himself dressed. He can pick out his clothes. And I'm like, no, you were just a baby. Soaking in the moments is so important because they go by faster than what you really think that they do. You don't realize how fast the moments go until you're in the moment and you're like, holy cow, when did my baby not become a newborn anymore? Just cherish those moments forever because you'll never get that day back ever. It does go really fast. I cannot believe I have a seven-year-old who's going to be starting second grade. Oh, it's bananas how fast it goes. But those days, there are some days that are really tough and really long. What have you learned about yourself as a mom? This might be the hardest question that you've asked me. Confidently, I am a great mother. I am a fantastic mother. I have very low patience sometimes. I've learned that my children have bad days and that's okay. And just like we all do, we all have bad days where we deserve to be emotional during that time. And I have to remember that when my children are being emotional or need that extra attention, they're not perfect. No one is. And sometimes they just need some extra mom love. But I have learned I am a very good mother and my children mean the world to me. And I will always put them first. And I want to put them first. I want them to be successful and to do what makes them happy in life, because ultimately, that's what makes me happy. So I'm a great mom. I have very low patience. I thrive off of routines. And who cares about snacks? Just give them the snacks because it's what the kids want. (laughs) We have so many (laughs) snacks in the Burke household. I think Scarlett lives for snacks. She will eat a tiny bit of dinner and then it's all about the snacks. I'm like, dang, girl, are you just saving room for those snacks? Absolutely. (laughs) Snacks are way better than dinner. I mean, why not? Snacks are 20 times better than dinner. What? No way. Broccoli or goldfish? Come on. It's got to be the broccoli. Oh, for sure. Hands down. I mean, (laughs) you eat a couple bites of broccoli and you can have those goldfish. Life is too short. That's something else that I've learned is life is way too short. It sure is. It sure is. I think it's brilliant, sis, that you pointed out children can have bad days. I've caught myself having way too high. Shocking. I know my clients who are listening right now are going to be shocked when I say this. Way (laughs) too high 
of expectations and not allowing for Scarlett to go through the same emotions that I go through. She has a right to be tired and frustrated, upset and angry and all the things that we feel as adults. I sometimes forget that because they're kids. That's a great reminder. And we think that they don't have that for some reason. You think that they aren't allowed to have those days or aren't allowed to have those moments. God bless my husband because he's the one that reminds me of he's just having a day or maybe he just needed something else. He's not perfect and things aren't the same every single day for them. And that's where my routineness thrives off of where if something goes out of that routine, I'm like, well, that can't happen. But being flexible with that routine, but that's teaching him something that's good too, is okay to stray away from that routine from time to time. Kids aren't perfect and we aren't either. No, we're sure not. All right. Well, you know, I got to bring it back to goals. And so I'm curious, <laughs> what goals are you focused on achieving this year? Sure. So I have lots of goals. One in particular, you actually kind of brought up the other day. And it was being more of a yes mom. And I got to thinking. And I say no more times than I would like to admit. You know, whether it may be because maybe I don't want to clean up the extra mess from the kinetic sand. Or maybe he has one too many monster trucks out. Or he wants me to play this game with him. Or he wants me to watch this for the 20th time that day. Why do I say no all the time to him? Why? Why do I say no? Is it because I don't want to look at the thing for the 21st time that he's showing me? Or is it because I don't want to clean up the kinetic sand? But why am I saying no to him? What would hurt me by saying yes to him? What's it going to hurt? Now, obviously, just like you said, you know, oh, can I have Skittles for dinner? you know, that's something different. But instead of saying no, kind of, well, how about you eat your mac and cheese and broccoli first, and then you can have Skittles for dessert. So instead of not saying no directly, but you're saying it in a different way, I guess you can say. So that is one thing that really stuck with me. And it's one thing that I'm like, gosh, I need to work on because I feel like he hears no all the time from me. But I definitely need to keep it in a way where he's not going to get whatever he wants all the time. We were talking about this offline before we recorded this episode, but I realized it too. I say no all the time and it's almost an automatic response. I think sometimes it comes out because I have so many other thoughts bouncing around in my brain and I'm thinking about business and this priority and this goal. And I realized I don't always listen to the full request. It's a no because it's interrupting my thought pattern. And that was something that I'm grateful to have time away from my routine on vacation. And it became very apparent the amount of times I was saying no. And I'm very focused on saying yes when I can. So saying yes when it makes sense. It's not going to hurt someone. It's not going to be unhealthy. I'm looking for those opportunities to say yes. So we can be on that journey together. and hold one another accountable to more yeses. Yes. (laughs) Of course, I need a system to track my yeses. Right. Of course. Why not? (laughs) I love it. Well, Amy, 
If our listeners want to learn more about your parenting style, your parenting philosophies, you in general, where can our listeners connect with you? Sure. Well, I love Instagram. You can definitely follow me on Instagram. My title is A.L. Holscher. And I post lots of what my boys are doing all day or maybe what they're eating or maybe what our chickens are doing at the farm or what we're cleaning up or projects around our house or this, that, and the other. But A.L. Holscher, you can follow me on Instagram. Amy, I appreciate you sharing your perspective, sharing your feelings, sharing your thoughts. So thank you for contributing to the Elite Achievement community. Thank you for having me and best of luck, everyone. With that goal, Achievers, I'm going to talk a little bit about business here at the end of the show. I want to remind you about the power of writing down your goals. And whether you are focused on growing your business, growing yourself, growing as a mama, you have a huge opportunity to get super clear on what you want, why you want it, assess your level of confidence in going after your goal. And to help you, I have created a breakout plan. You can head to my website, kristenburke.com and sign up to receive my breakout plan. This document is going to help you organize your thoughts so you can continue to pursue progress in the direction of your most meaningful goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website to sign up and get connected. We can also connect socially on Instagram. Follow me at Meet Kristen Burke. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, Goal Achievers, keep progressing towards your goals and celebrate those weekly wins. 